one, two, three. Welcome to the Strangers Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm your co-host, Cami Clamaco. And I am your other co-host, Ghost of Hamilton. Thank you. Gus, happy new year. This is our first episode of 2022. Yeah, should we make it all about our New Year's resolutions? Yes, but I have to tell you one more thing. Um, it's almost our two-year anniversary. Really? Yeah, two years. Which is, pa- it's traditionally paper, right? You said that joke last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things don't change. <laughs> so I think it's wood. This so it's year. wood. Actually, that probably sounds about right. So if you want right. to, we'll make each other some plaques. Carve each other something. <laughs> yeah. Carve a potato. Yeah, I'm going to carve some ceramics tools for you that oh cool can really only be used by me yeah that sounds great thank you so much well happy happy new year happy almost anniversary uh same to you same to you do you want to share your um art related do you have do you make new year's resolutions i okay so i talked to my friend cara and we were talking about resolutions who's kind of like your she's in some ways like your spiritual guide she is or your mentor she's my she gives me a lot of title nine training okay. and she's my mentor she suggested that i not make resolutions but uh, make intentions uh, so my, so that will alleviate the pressure of, uh-huh. fail, of failure uh-huh so i mean I have, you can still fail to do what you intended to absolutely do. <laughs> and i always do i I have let resolutions from prior years and mm-hmm. I have accomplished some things on the resolutions, but mm-hmm. sometimes I like load them up, like learn a language, learn, mm. an ins- learn a musical instrument, you know, yeah. like go to Europe uh, with said language, armed yeah. with said language. And instrument. <laughs> and instrument. Communicate and so- only with the instrument. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, but I do, I have accomplished a, a several things on the list so i'm happy to say that do you make a do you make art specific resolutions or is it just life well yeah yeah so this this year my resolution intention was to just keep on doing whatever it is i did last year but just a little bit better like level up glow up yeah that's pretty good yeah that's pretty good yeah so I, I think I can accomplish that because I've already accomplished it. Yeah. And I just have to not fall asleep through the whole year. That's pretty good. Or get in drug or alcohol addiction. Yeah. You want to avoid that. That'll really slow me down. I think that is a really good intention slash resolution. And in an odd moment of sincerity, I feel the same way. <laughs> That's what I want to do. But you want to know my joke? I was like gearing up for the joke one. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Was to pretend like, you know, I had a pretty decent year and blah, 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 blah. And like really, and because this is actually something that I need to do is I just need to hook my lights up to a, a goddamn switch because every day I walk into my studio and I have to plug it in, no. flip the flip, flip. What? No. I got to. And me, I like, I can do that, that stuff, but it, it's, I got no time in there. And that sucks. I got every day. I'm like, I should just do it. 
and then every it's day it's gonna I'm save like, you so much more time i don't think it will but it'll save me like it's one of those things where like it i'll stop feeling as bad every time i walk in there and and then like that so i guess yeah like that like the self-pity time when i'm like plugging my light in okay it'll remove that so there's no overhead lighting uh there's really bad overhead lighting so i put my own in right okay so i think that it'll improve your mood tremendously yes yes your psyche it'll it'll take the weight off your psyche and then um you'll make better work yeah (laughs) i'm suggesting that you're not making good work because of your lights your work it's actually nice it's nice to have an excuse uh that came out weird so i'm just gonna start being like hey you guys i'm really sorry the the work's not that good but you know the lights they're not very good (laughs) you have to like when you have a show you're gonna have to go to the gallery and be like oh it's too bright it's too brighty dim them down (laughs) this is everyone or have to put on little glasses yeah before they come in to see your paintings oh yeah that would be a nice yeah that'd be really nice yeah um yeah that's i think that's my main goal i would uh i would also i have a test kiln that i've been using as like a coffee table in my studio for a year and a half and i would really like to um plug that in somewhere okay Uh, so yeah okay okay so let's check back in let's see how our i know i i feel like um like this like now that you're telling me your goals, I feel like they're spiraling. I'm spiraling a little bit. I, <laughs> I, You're going to hit me with like, I just don't want to die this year. Like what? Like, is I that mean, your goal? I In some ways, yeah, I think so. Metaphorically and or physically. Yeah, like that's a normal. I mean, I feel like I make that every, every year. That's my resolution. One of them. I got a long <sighs> list. <laughs> don't shit your pants in public. Oh, that's uh, a really good one. Uh, don't get your catalytic converter stolen again. Again, yes. Uh, again, uh, uh, don't tell Cammy that you'll fire her piece the next day because then you're going to show up that day and you're not going to want to do it. Which, by the <laughs> way, I took the floor out of the kiln for you to oh. fire your piece because it was one inch too tall. For the big, for the big oval? Yeah. Damn, I thought you were going to put it in. I thank you for doing that. I know how much you hate it. Yeah. Hey, um, happy thanks, new year. Thanks. Thanks, Gus. I really appreciate it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So that's great. Oh, there is one thing that last year that happened last year that I don't want to repeat. And that is I started making big pots, remember? Yeah. And I was like going through my year in review and I started them around mid to late October. Uh and i finished i have nine yeah and none of them are finished yeah so i feel like i need to work on that a little bit yeah like like bigger is definitely not always better but don't you think for this work it's better okay it's gonna be worth it this is like i wanted to talk to you about this because we had a studio visit and you came by and you were like talking about my work and I was like, whatever, man. 
he doesn't know what the and I, and I was and I was like maybe you should get some dimmer lights in here I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you were like think that if you scale these up and then if you think about the clay in like a different way and sort of opened it up a little bit where you can like glue stuff on and, da, da, da. and I was like who does he even understand who he's talking to none of this shit's gonna happen like this is not what's happening and then wouldn't you know it <laughs> he was like you were also your other thing was you have a lot of opportunity that you're missing with the surface and then you said and courier that says that colored porcelain is a bonus color and I was like that's not at all I don't really care about any of these <laughs> things you're saying and now I just wanted to say thank you so much and I didn't even know I was taking your advice while I was taking your advice that's how fucking pervasive your voice is in my head now well you know what did it was it wasn't even that's nice um usually I have very little to say and most of it is when I do I hate doing studio visits because I feel so much pressure and then I it is then I generally clam up but with you you and I we got this isn't this isn't you know like this friendship just this is for all the listeners out there you know it's not this isn't a this isn't a sitcom friendship you know no one's paying us to be friends we're just friends we're just friends (laughs) um to the shock of everyone yeah I think uh but uh you stacked like one of your pieces on top of another one that day. That's what made it look so. Yes, that's why. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. sitting really close to him. Yeah, you can't. Which is also which, which is, is a good sit too. I feel like sitting too close to your work and then too far away is a good <laughs> is a good way to test stuff. That's true too, because you were like, if you just blow these up, people are going to be like blown away. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened, well, because yeah. they're so big, and that's like. Yeah, there's such a hard thing about ceramics where like, I think a lot of times people get so, like you're so used to things, to seeing things that are like between the size of like a mug and, you know, uh, like a big thing in ceramics, most of the time is like the size of like a torso, you know, like people go bigger. Yeah. But, but in general, that's like what you see. And even like torso size stuff is like pretty big most of the time. So if you yeah. can get, like, you don't need to get beyond that, but that can be like such a good way just to suck your viewers in. Go either small with a lot of detail or just get beyond that scale is like such a good way to get people to, to stick with it. I think you're right. And I think I would go even further to say like, even if you want to, I mean, playing with scale is one thing, but also, you know, push it to the unexpected. Yeah. Those pieces, I think, I feel like they worked fine at a, at the, a smaller, um, yeah. s- smaller scale, like 12, 13, 14 inches. Like, yeah. you know, that's like the expected scale, I think, is that, yeah. I think that's the thing. And also, I mean, you could say that, we could say that about your work as well, and that you're incorporating ceramics with painting. That's unexpected. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it sort of, it makes it like what is happening here yeah that's the thing that you want to get like your viewer to be like what what am I looking at I think that's really important for anyone making work yeah people understand craft like people understand like how things are made and they understand it takes a long time to make something really beautiful I think to learn how to do some you know what I mean to like get to a point to be able to make something 
I think people understand all those things, but then it's when that they're like, how, how, how did this happen? Yeah. How did this person get there? Like when you're like decoding another artist's work as an artist, you're like, what, yeah. what is, this is amazing. Or how did he think of that? Or where did he steal that idea from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah or sorry yeah. where did she steal that idea from <laughs> uh, yeah i i think like i'm sure at some point we've talked about uh like how i'm such a sucker for jeff coon's work just because i can't figure out how he makes it or how his factory makes it um yeah. i love materials so much that i'm just there to to stare in awe at these i would imagine that's how early people that really loved color field painting felt like that sort of yeah. almost like aesthetic aesthetic experience is what I have when I look at those really big dumb Jeff Koons Plato piles or things like that but the other person that does yeah. it where you can totally figure out how it's made is Robert Gober where his more in line with what you're saying about really unexpected material choices and an odd shift in scale where really often stuff is maybe just about 10% bigger or something, which yeah. starts to do really weird stuff when things are just a little, a little bigger than they're supposed to be. Okay. So another thing that with the color field thing, it's also exciting when there's a new pigment of paint out on the market. Yeah. And they find a new blue or a new black and then all the painters in the world are like, whiz in their pants over it well when I started painting so yeah. I I had limited myself to in general which was really helpful for me but I had decided at one point okay I'm going to make all this work it's going to be all ceramic um decals are in play at but it's either it's either it's going to be mostly like hand um hand painted decals are going to be like hand-drawn scans so that they have the same feel and it's all going to be fired ceramic there's not going to be any like glued on sections any sort of paint on it things like that um, and it was really helpful for a while but I think because I used to be the like the totally the other way of use whatever material stick it together and I'm going back that direction because I I hit this point where I, there were things like because I had just I had decided that I was going to work at Cone Six, I didn't have a good reliable purple that I could mix with my other glazes easily, and I also didn't have a good reliable dark blue that I could easily mix because I was doing all this like mixing, and so the uh, the blue because it was cobalt would almost always like blow out every other color that I put it with and things like that so I just avoided purples <laughs> blues and pinks because pinks kept because you couldn't get them well I like yeah the issue with pinks was and everybody pretty much knows this on here but I went like the way easy route of using stroke and coat for everything because I have limited time in my studio so anytime I could save and not have to mix glaze was great so I would use Mako Stroke and Co, which is really great stuff, but some of their colors don't go to Cone 6. And so I just didn't work with those colors. <laughs> and then I started painting with acrylic paints and I kept, I just kept going back to Artists and Craftsman Supply and just buying more colors and more colors <laughs> because it, it was just amazing that they, 
like you open up cadmium red oh my god so red it's perfect like yeah hot tamale is pretty (laughs) red you know but oh yeah you know cammy we're getting i'm just i'm just amped up i think about materials and stuff again because i i get to do it with like a, a whole new world of materials and uh you know who else loves materials and tools okay who's this it's our it's our guest today matthew merkel hess yes okay right um i have to tell you i really love matthew merkel hess's work yeah like i'm a big i'm a fan yeah i didn't i didn't know i was a big fan and then he made these um kool-aid man pictures so it's basically like yeah and i he hits nostalgia you know when when he does hit nostalgia i don't even know if he means to but when i was a little kid i would write letters to the kool-aid man and he would send me like hell yeah he'd send me like comic books and shit in the mail stickers what yeah because there was like a I was like a member of the Kool-Aid fan club or whatever. Oh my God. And so I would like write in. And so I had no idea that was a thing. Did you tell him that? Yeah. Did you write Matt a letter? Write Matt a letter like he's a Kool-Aid man. And then, so when he made the Kool-Aid pictures, I was like, it's like my, it it just was like my whole cataclysm of all the things that I love. Ceramics. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid pictures yeah i guess those are the three things it's the tri trifecta for me i guess wow yeah anyway so that's my little matthew merkel hess anecdote about why i'm so excited so um i traded him a piece and i got a picture and then i never gave him anything so he sort of lost out. yeah that's a hell of a trade for you i know i really i really gotta either i guess i gotta get like remind move him. town i guess, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just be like what do you mean <sighs> bad <Yeah>. connection <sighs> um i'm in a tunnel <laughs> yeah i'll give it to you oh I, I sent it to you i sent it to you in the mail you didn't get it <laughs> checks in the mail yeah. well uh maybe we can uh, sneak this into our conversation with matt huh no let's not matt merkel hess is a new york based artist and he teaches at the 92nd street y where Cammie and I both were teachers for a long time and now at Brooklyn Clay as well. So here's our conversation with Matt. Okay, Matt, hi, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Good. I'm good. So we're so happy that you're doing this. We're like super excited to have you. I'm excited, yeah. Yeah, long time no see. <laughs> yeah, where have you been at? Where have you been? Uh, where have I been? Um, where are you? What do you do? What do you do all day? Um, well, school started for my kids uh, a week ago, so I've been dealing with that. You're just like sleeping now that they're gone. <laughs> no, no, it's like dropping them off, oh. uh, picking them up. Now my older kid is in middle school, um, which is crazy. He's a but um, so two different schools. And, um, uh, with the younger one, like the after school hasn't started yet, but you know, I don't know. It's always just a lot to figure out at the beginning of the school year, but. 
is having kids in New York like super big deal, like different from where were you before? Well, so yeah, so I was in LA for a long time, moved there um, right out of undergrad. So I was, I went to undergrad University of Kansas, um, moved there and uh, followed my now wife out there. So she went to grad school um, at Caltech in Pasadena. So I followed her out there and both of our kids were born there. And then I guess six years ago, a little over six years ago, she started a job here in New York. So we moved here. Um, and I do have to say with kids, I mean, I thought I was like, oh, crazy. Like I'm going to be raising children in Manhattan. I was like, where will they learn how to ride a bike or all these kind of things? And it's actually, I think it's an amazing place to be a kid. Um, you know, the density, like you meet other families, um, you run into those families on the street and, you know, and it's easy to meet up with people and then um, Central Park and all that kind of river. We're close to Riverside Park, which is beautiful. So um, oh. I think it's good. And, the, and I have two boys. They really, both of them like it here. I mean, sometimes after we visit family in the Midwest, they're like, why don't we have a house? <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> You're like, get a job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think there are things that are just hard for everyone in New York. And I, and I think, um, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. I recently, uh, earlier this year, set up, I, I'd had studios here, but not one with a kiln. And I finally set up my own studio with my own kiln and sharing it with a friend. Um, and um, before that, I was really like, man, like, Manhattan is the worst place to work uh, in three dimensions, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> and I maybe still feel that way, but I feel a little bit better about it now that I have my own studio. So um, I was looking at your website today and I didn't, I've, I've like looked at your website before, but today I was like, actually, oh, it's such a mess. It's such a mess. And honestly, it reads like a Home Depot, like online shopping <laughs> store. It's like, but Jamon buckets, it's like Jamon crate. It's like oh. it's so crazy. I have let me bring it up and just read it off because it's no. like <laughs> so funny. Okay, here's like the selected work list, and this is my like Home Depot. This is my Home Depot shopping list: Jamon Bucketry, Studio Still Lifes, Heart Vases, Bounty, Earth Nuts, Face Jugs, Things, Potato Heads. Mixers, small appliances, yeah. gas cans, triangle crates, plastic crates, brutes, buckets, knee balls, metal rulers. See what I mean? Yeah. It, metal yeah. rulers? Uh, Merkel. Oh, sorry. Merkel rulers. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Merkel rulers. Yeah. Um, you know, titling things is not my strong point, you know, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, um, but I think it's like a total thing. Like, this is like, this is your work yeah it's just like could be infinite infinite <laughs> infinite things um you know it you know try i mean i feel like i i keep trying to do more i don't know the website it's like i got it up and then it sort of has been sitting there but um i have i mean maybe this is true for everyone but i'm just like drowning in images that i need to like edit and you know, decide if I yeah. want to put them on the website or not, or what the best way to share that is. Um, um, 
Yeah, like about a year ago, I put a thing up on my website that said <laughs> under construction, please excuse the mess. And it's just been sitting yeah. there ever since. I mean, you know, maybe it's better, um, you know, like friends who are photographers, um, you know, they'll, they'll do like a really nice like portfolio site and they'll maybe have like 30 images up or something like total, you know? Um, and I guess, I don't know, that's one route. I, I've sort of made it more, um, like trying to make it a document of everything I've made, you know? So I did the selected work thing. And then I, I, what I started during, in the pandemic, I started, I was like, oh, let me, I'll just do it, you know, year by year or something. Um, and I think I've put up like two years worth of work. And then I'm just like, nice. you know, I can't. I don't know. You're like, I'm good. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. It was like 2019 is up. <laughs> you make a lot of work and I feel like you work really fast. Is that true? I, I've realized, yeah, I think I do. I mean, I know I make a lot of stuff um, and some of it happens pretty quick. I mean, most of, I guess most of it, I, you know, I think I, I, I go back and forth. It, it, I definitely, I started as a potter, you know, and I started with that idea of production. Um, and um, as an undergrad, I, I didn't study art. I studied newspaper journalism. And so that's also like a similar, like, you know, when I did internships at newspaper, you, you'd show up in the morning, your editor would be like, write these three stories today. And you're like, what? You're like, I can't, you know? Um, and so I think. I didn't know yeah, that you studied wait, that's journalism. That's so random. Like how, <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, yeah finish studied, your trade of, yeah, finish well, your no, trade so I'm just saying like that, that sort of like production mentality. Um, and I remember having, uh, I mean, I, I, I studied with, uh, at Cal State Long Beach for a little bit after I studied journalism, <laughs> went back to school basically. Um, and I remember Tony Marsh saying to me, like, basically saying, like, what, what's your rush? <laughs> you know, what do you, um, and that stuck with me. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's just the art making for me, and maybe it's a little compulsive. Um, and uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy getting in that zone, you know, like sometimes you know, I won't really have an idea and I sort of feel like I'm just like putzing around and then I, I get on an idea and I'll just be like, boom, like I figure it out and I'll sort of like um, go after it, you know, and make, you know, seven things or something that are kind of similar. And then, then I move on. Do you ever circle back around? Like may you make them all and then come back to it and do it all over again? Have you, have you done that? Definitely. Definitely. And I think, um, I did this show uh, here in New York in 2013 um, and I called it Hereafter. And the show was sort of like supposed to be um, like I was thinking about um, ceramics in, you know, in, in uh, funer funerary sites and buried ceramics, you know, that are unearthed and what would the contemporary version be. But at the same time I was trying to set, it was, um, my first show here in New York, I, one of two, I guess, at this point, meh, three, I don't know. Um, I was trying to kind of put things out there and be like, actually, this is like, I'm going to throw out a bunch of ideas because these are all the things I want to do next. And so like that show had like, that was 2013, almost, you know, eight, year, eight, eight years ago now. And I was, had potato heads in there. And then I made some potato heads and kind of stopped. And I did other things that were, I mean, I called them things. They were like, supposed to be like big potato heads but not really 
Um, so yeah, I definitely circle around. I mean, I feel like it's sort of the same, same ideas. And I think if you, if you look at my work, you're like, yeah, this, you know, it might seem like I'm all over the place, but I think that's only because so many people in the art, they, you know, they've decided that they just are going to do one thing because they have to have like a brand or something and, and do that one thing over and over. Um, that might be a better strategy for career, but, um, I just, you know, I didn't want to do the same thing for 10 years or something. So. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like you're all over the place. I feel like Gus, do you feel like that? No, I, I, there's like a funny, there's like a world of like a small world of objects that it seems like you have and you kind of like, yeah, no. Okay. Well, yeah. I feel the same way. I'm glad you feel yeah. like that. I, yeah, you know, okay. I guess, cause I feel like, you know, it's like when I get on the wheel, like starting a few years ago, um, is actually when I really started teaching like a ton of wheel throwing um, actually got better myself at throwing. And I was like, Oh, now I'm going to make like, I'm like, let me try and make some George or like things. And then I was like, well, I can't just make George or yeah. things. I was like, let me put Joe Mon decoration on the, on the George or things, you know? And so you're like, what does that have to do with like a potato head? You know, like maybe nothing, you know, <laughs> but it's like one thing happens when I get on the wheel and another thing might happen when I see something that I want to copy and I make a mold of it or, or whatever. So. Yeah. I'm really happy that we got to the wheel so fast. Cause I, uh, Matt, you're, I've heard so many people say it, but I've, I don't know anybody else that actually just uses the wheel as like a tool in the way that you do where like you were thrown like, cause I couldn't figure out how you're making those Cheeto <laughs> bags so fast. And then I realized you were just throwing like, kind of crude cylinders and then like smashing yeah. them in the shape. Yeah. Really. No, that's like, the, the a smart are, way to like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like a wheel throwing joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, so I, I had seen, you know, like for example, Betty Woodman's work in uh, reproduction um, for many years. And then I think it was either 2014 or 2015. Um, she had a show in LA and I went to it and I realized that all of the wall pieces, they started as like probably a disc of clay that she put like a finger mark, you know, where you make the spiral and then yeah. she, she threw them yeah. and elongated them, let them set up. And then she carved, you know, the silhouette of the pot in them. And I was like, Oh, they start on the wheel and they're, they're a vessel. And it's like her, it's like a joke for people that know, what kind of marks the pottery wheel makes or something, you know, really I thought it was, right? I thought it was great, you know? And so I guess for me, the Cheetos bag is the same thing. It's like, it's like you basically just, you take a cylinder and you pinch one end in and it, you know, makes a little envelope sort of, or bag shapes. So. Yeah. I think she did that too, right? She actually pinned, closed the, closed yeah. Her cylinders yeah, that's true. Yeah. And flipped them on them side and put yeah. them together. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I started out on the wheel and I was always like, I was a slow, I mean, this is what I tell people when I teach. I was like, I loved it, but I was not that good at it. Um, and I moved on to other things. So I'd always like come back. And then I, um, I was always, you know, I'd make pots and then I started making pots for friends. And then that kind of led to like, right after grad school, I actually did, um, made a few like collections of the Merkel wear, as I started calling it, um, and so I've always like I like I started out on the wheel, um, and I still 
I, I love it. You know, when I moved to New York, I didn't have access to a wheel. And I, I, I started working at um, one of the CUNYs and um, they didn't have any wheels. It's just hand building. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm done with the wheel. I don't know. You know, <laughs> like, and then a few years later, I got a job, you know, teaching adult wheel throwing. And I was like, oh, guess I'm on the wheel again. And then, you know, and then like a year after that, that's when like the, um, the Jomon ores, as I call them, and the Cheetos bags, they all started kind of happening at the same time. Um, so what's, so what exactly is Merkle wear? The Merkle wear is really, that's functional wear really specifically like functional so stuff. Cups, bowls, that stuff, or like vases that are Cheetos bags. Is that Merkle wear? <laughs> you know, it's confusing. I think to, people call like anything, they'll be like, oh, I got some Merkle wear, <clears throat> you know? And it's like, in my head, I'm like, well, that, that's a sculpture. That's sculpture of a Cheetos bag, you know, um, that you could put some flowers in it, I guess, but, um, but no, I think in general, I would say I'm a vessel maker, you know, so I make mostly, I make vessels sometimes sculptures, but the, the Merkle ware would be like functional, um, functional stuff. And so I, I had the opportunity to work for a few years with, uh, this small boutique in LA, Ico Ico. And I did a little collection for them and then that led to other things. And then I just did it for, it was sort of like friends connected me with like um, a boutique and uh, like a sort of like t-shirt play this free city. If you know them, they do like cool t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. And um, they had a lot of handmade stuff in the store. And so for a couple of years I would meet, um, it was super fun. Like I'd come in in like May or June and they'd kind of show me the collection and the colors that they were working on. And then I would come back with like glaze samples and um, shapes. And I basically made the same shapes, which are these like simple, like um, flat bottom bowls, um, mugs, uh, tumblers. And um, I don't know, I've been, I've been intending and I'm working on it now to like kind of get it all going again, but it's really, it's been five or six years really since I made pottery, you know, for sale, like seriously, but I, I'm, I want to get that going again. I have fun with it. Yeah, I remember trying to get, I tried to get some at some point, and I don't remember it. either. I like missed out on the stuff that I wanted, but I think it must have been when I was in grad school. So I think I, I probably just had a really low well, budget yeah, for it too. I mean, um, yeah, but because I was like, I was such a big fan of your work, like back when I was in grad school, especially. It was when I first, that's when you had that torsos and buckets oh, yeah. show. Yeah. Um, which I like. Oh, well, you're like, yeah. stu you're Stan. Um, you're <laughs> standing Merkel has. I, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know Super that slang, Cammy. Yeah. Super actually, fan. I yeah. love when Gus is like, Gus admits on the podcast that he was a fan of someone. It's, it's so mm -hmm. exciting. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, here we go. I know. I mean, it's nice to hear. I, you know, sometimes you, you guys know this, you make stuff, you have no idea who's looking or, you know, what, what. Yeah you know what effect yeah. it may or may not have i don't know i mean yeah yeah we just um i just ran into this guy adam red who i like hadn't talked to in years but he was like another it's just it's like funny because at that time like when i found out about his work and your work it wasn't that long ago but it it felt like it was such a different place like i was at such a different place and um you know, and then you like meet artists and it's like, unless you're like Jeff Koons or Mirakami, like everybody's just pretty much a normal. Yeah. 
like a normal yeah. person just living out there like yeah no, yeah so, yeah it's always yeah except for cammy cammy's a big shot she just scoffed at that yeah no i agreed uh, with you i wasn't scoffing yeah. i was like yeah you're right about i like i was like yeah jeff coons and here i was like you picked yeah. the perfect examples of people yes that's exactly it totally yeah. uh i actually have some of your students that you that you had i'm teaching some of your students and um they they fucking love you so much <laughs> like seriously i'll sit there for an hour and listen to how great you are and i'm like i cannot take any more of this yeah i'm like i get it he's great well this is a former jcc students yeah there's yeah there's they i mean they really respect really really respect you yeah and i'm and i'm like how did you do it well how are you doing it yeah i mean so i should you know for people that don't know i i i managed um um the studio at the JCC on the Upper West Side, um, which is um, Jewish Community Center, sort of like a YMCA, and um, taught there. And it was like a one-room studio with uh, a kiln room, and it closed for COVID and it's remained closed. So I don't, I no longer have that job. Um, but it was one room, and I was there full time, you know, basically uh, Monday through Friday. And as you guys know, if you're in the room, people are going to ask you questions, you know, and so. There was nowhere, yeah. so I, I um, there was you know, nowhere you, there was nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide, and and so you just got to be like, <laughs> did did you have an office? Okay, I, yeah. had, I had the kiln room, <laughs> you know. Nice. Um, so yeah, so I just kind of was like, okay, this is the deal. I get it, and you you know, I'm just I have to embrace it. And so I think that if you're present for people and answer their questions, you know, because that's they're there to learn and. Um, but it was, it was hard. It was really mentally taxing. And so I think that, um, you know, since the, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a job for a while and then returned to teaching um, at Brooklyn Clay with you guys. And now I'm over at the 92Y and um, it, it's nice to have that where you're just the, the instructor and then you leave, you know, cause it was really a lot. And I love my students um, and I love giving yeah. them that time during class and, um, it was just, you know, it's a lot to be the studio manager loading kilns and mixing glazes and then answering, you know, you know, it's like, what happens when this glaze does this? And, and you know, sometimes it would be, you know, sometimes it'd be like, oh, I've answered that question before, but other times you're like, oh, that's actually like, let's you know, like, let me help you out. You know, like, that's a good, it's a good question. Yeah. But I think like, <laughs> even like I'm guilty of it where like, if there's somebody near me that might have the answer. Like so often at, at work, I'll just be like, like, has anybody seen the crescent wrench? And then someone will be like, I don't know, is it in the toolkit? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't checked yet. Like, <laughs> like people just, yeah, yeah, people just do that. Like no matter. I yeah. So. I think to uh, be fair, when, when you ask ceramics questions, it's, it's so, like so much easier to ask. It's so much easier for me to text Gus the question and get an immediate answer than to spend two hours on Google trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like I know someone is going to know the answer. Yeah. You know what I mean, like Googling something just takes a million years yeah. in ceramics, <laughs> Yeah. in ceramics, like for anything else. Yeah. Because you know what you end up on is like, you end up on somebody's old blog and you're like reading <laughs> 
you're reading well, about what's some guy the that one, was like one time we put what's copper the one like the potters.org or what's that it's it's yeah. still there all those old yeah things. and it was yeah. like you know i i started well so i'd started um i started taking classes at a community center in lawrence kansas and then um when i moved out to the la area i went to pasadena city college and my first instructor there this was 2003 um was active on that I, I like I looked on that site when it was like active that message board or whatever it was nice. so, um, yeah yeah I've gotten a lot of yeah from there I don't know how you gotta sift through you know you gotta sift through but. yeah and yeah. also you may find like how do you get Epsom salts out of your glaze <laughs> um you may just go in a circle yeah forever and ever yeah never never but wait I we talked about this a little bit but you're Teach, was your teach your teacher at Pasadena City College was Clay, Clayton James, right? Did we no. talk about that? Um, is, that is that it? Um, I had two teachers there, um, but the the main one was Phil Cornelius or oh, Philip. That's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which he, I think, when I was at Kent State, he was a visiting artist there. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. That's what we talked about. He invented charcoal firing. <laughs> that's so crazy. What the so, fuck is um, that? It's like a fake. It's like a fake wood ash firing. So you we um, you have a modified <laughs> gas kiln, and man, the, it really I took it, off. I th- too. That's a good. I think at like cone one, <laughs> cone five, and cone ten, you like dump in some crushed up mesquite charcoal. Yeah, you okay. got to wear like a welding suit Sick. to dump it in. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. We would just burn stuff, and it was yeah. Like the the entire kiln was tumble stacked with wadding, like no shelves. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, you're like a real you're like a real. <laughs> I guess I kind of knew that. I didn't think I knew that. Do you miss? Yeah. Well, I just knew it because I I knew that Matt and I would just talk about <laughs> material stuff a lot. But do you miss like because one of my least favorite parts about being in New York is like, uh, I just miss being around that. Like I miss being around wood kilns. I don't really miss firing them, but like I miss being around like people loading up like soda ash yeah. and sprayer to go outside. So, um, you know, for the most part in LA, I didn't really, it wasn't, I mean, we had gas kilns, um, but I mean, I was at Pasadena city yeah. college and they had um, a soda kiln that they would do, but no salt. I mean, I think, Oh, well, they always said, I mean, I don't know if there's a law, but maybe um, it was like, you know, the atmospheric firings were illegal in LA County, you know, and there were places people would go out to um, like this uh, Idlewild Academy and they had, they would do like wood kilns in the summer up in the mountains. Um, cool. But um, I was basically I, from Pasadena City, City College. I went down to Cal State Long Beach um, and then I was at UCLA. So we had, you know, cone 10 gas kilns and basically we would bisque like in electric kilns, but it really wasn't, there weren't salt kilns and wood kilns and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, what was going to grad school in, at UCLA? Like I, you, we, I hear a lot about it, but I don't think I've ever met anyone. Uh, from the program. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it was amazing. Um, I, um, my wife was in grad school when I, applied to grad school so I only applied to places in LA I, that was like I was just limited so um I mean like I think I applied to like CalArts or something you know <laughs> um, I'm sure they were like what you know but um UCLA you know um was amazing it's a uh it's a funny 
program, um, which is that some of the grad degrees are three years and some are two. And you're all mixed into this one building together. And they've actually, it was like this old warehouse that they've uh, knocked down and they rebuilt as this amazing grad studio. And the, the grad studio is separate from campus. It's in Culver City. Um, so it was like our own clubhouse, you know? And um, there were, um, I, I don't think it's changed. I think it's still the same. There were just two ceramic students per year. So there were six total, uh, but there were a total of about, 45 grad students or something uh, over the different areas. Um, and we were all in the same building. So, was, you know, you'd walk down the hall and be like, someone's doing their, you know, they're painting, they're making sculpture, they're working on some experimental video, they're, you know, or they're up going to theory classes with, you know, PhD students, you know, it was a real mix of people. So, um, wait, is Culver City part of LA? It, yeah, it's. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like we were like seven or eight miles from campus or something. Um, but okay. So mostly you were at the grad building and you would have meetings with professors at the grad building. Like some of the grad courses would be at the grad building and then you would go up to campus if you wanted to take an art history class or if you were TAing, you know, but um, like we had our own kilns and everything at the grad building. Um, so, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was great. Did you... Did you get to work with professors outside ceramics? Uh, yeah, so Adrian uh, Sachs was the one professor at the time. Then there maybe would be some ceramics adjuncts. Um, um, but yeah, you could sign up to work with uh, anyone. So, and then you could also you take critique classes. So, um, yeah, and the you know the you know the whole roster of faculty. It's a little bit you know it's ten years ago now or longer that I went. So the faculty is somewhat different, but. It's amazing faculty and yeah. Um, What's Adrian Sachs like? He's Adrian's great. Um, yeah, he's like the kindest, like um, gentlest soul. Like um, a little mischievous, you know. Um, likes okay. to, you know. I don't know. I like. I. I mean, if he listens to this, hi, Adrian. You know, I don't know if he will, but. <laughs> I yeah. like to other, I, have, I don't think I've ever said it to him, but I say to other people, like Adrian was like my art dad, you know, like I remember he called me. Um, Cause I had, I'd, I, you know, like when I applied for grad school, I had this, like, I don't, I was this, I'd been doing clay for like five years, I guess. Um, and I had problems so with, I don't know, I wasn't getting like the results I wanted. So I just like stopped using glaze. And so I was doing like kind of conceptual pieces, but they're using like terracotta and, you know, they're fired and stuff, but I remember he called me and was like, I, kind of feeling me out. I, I think it's sort of a little bit interview. And, and he was like, so, um, you know, looking at your images, he's like, do you, do you know how to glaze? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, just, you know, and I explained that I was just like, tried, you know, just sort of stop for like, just to start over yeah. and be like, what do I, you know? And so I really think like, you know, most people had this really strong, you know, like the, other people like people in sculpture like they'd gone to like cooper union and like they knew how to like make stuff and um people who'd done ceramics undergrads like really knew their stuff and i was just still like i mean like i remember coming into grad school and i you know i'd i'd done things i made molds and stuff like that and i remember i was like i remember this was 2007 and i was like i want to make 
a five gallon bucket, but I was like, oh, I don't want to make a mold of that. That just like seems so big. And then it was like yeah. a year, a year and a half later. I mean, this is, it's a little embarrassing, but it, to tell this, but it's a good story. It just sort of shows you the gaps that I had. And it's like, I still feel like I'm catching up to, but I was TAing for Adrian. And I remember like the first thing he did for the undergrad class was he, we rolled out slabs and made cups by wrapping the slab around a tube with um, <laughs> cardboard tube with newspaper. I had yeah. never done it. And then I looked around the room and I was like, oh, there are these 12 inch, um, you know, cat like sono tubes or whatever for pouring concrete. And I was like, I'm going to make, and now I know how to make a bucket, you know? And that night, like after class, I like stayed and I like made a five gallon bucket, you know? Um, <laughs> and then from the bucket you know um it was like another year later you know because it was such a long program we had two summers you know it was like three years which i think is wonderful but i you know like it can only happen out of school like ucla which has like good funding and ta ships and things like that um because otherwise I don't know. Yeah. Grads, if you have to, if you have to pay a lot for grad schools, I don't know. It's not good for people to get those loans, you know, but um, yeah. But yeah, it was like, so the bucket led into then like, I was like, Oh, what am I do for my thesis show? And it was like, I knew I'd sign my thesis show was March, like the first week of March or something. And it was like November. And I was like, I'm going to make, I had the idea. I was like, I'm going to make trash cans, you know? And it was like, I made, made a big multi-part mold of a, trash can that was like a press mold not a um and but it grew out of doing the bucket you know um yeah so wait a lot of like because you made like trash cans i'm thinking of that was it where was the show was that salon 94 that was like that had the like kitchen yeah yeah that mixers? was like that was the one i mentioned the hereafter show yeah yeah okay we, we're in the in the gas cans and then like some of the like smaller buckets and some big buckets were all those things cast or some were like press molded um okay so the the trash cans were press molded just with slabs um into this big mold it was like i think 13 or 14 pieces and then i'd take it apart i probably could have done it in like six i don't know i had like a whatever yeah. <laughs> you know um things yeah. like the KitchenAid mixers or the gas cans that are like super realistic those were slip cast you know so they're they're you know smaller than real life um but things yeah. like uh buckets and milk crates those are made uh, individually from slabs yeah i love I, I love them too yeah, yeah. The, you're those milk i tried so amazing. hard to get this like three-sided milk crate i know i told you this but someone that has like a three-sided milk crate at one point owed me like a little bit of money. And I was like, give me the milk crate. Like, I just want them. <laughs> yeah. You know, that those came like, you know, it was about a year and a half after I finished school. I, I, I've been really lucky, like right out of school. Like, I mean, I think that's one thing that UCLA was good at is that there were, you know, not, not every professor was like, um, I mean, some were very like anti- market you know but there were a few who'd be like and often it'd be like um 
adjuncts who are coming through the program be like, Hey, I'm curating the show or I have this friend or whatever, you know, they kind of like, if you, if, you know, it wasn't so much that you'd meet them, but you would have shows or like open studios and they would see your work and then that would lead to opportunities, you know? And, and so it was a little bit after about a year or so after grad school, I had the opportunity to show at Acme in LA and I was, and I was making all these things. I like, I made like laundry hampers. So everything was like square or like round. And I was like, man, I need, I need something to break this up. So I, I made the triangle milk crates just to like make the installation look a little stranger or something, you know? Um, yeah. And that was sort of like, that was like yeah. a little bit of a shift being like, Oh, I don't have to like copy a thing, you know, like I can, I can invent my own thing, you know? Um, That's a really big moment. I'm sure. Yeah. You, yeah. When you move beyond the object. I think I still, I mean, I think I still yeah. struggle with that being like, do I have the confidence to do this thing? That's like, you know, um, I don't know, like somehow, like if I just sit down and make a drawing that comes out of my head, I'd be like, I might enjoy making the drawing, but then I look at it and be like, eh, you know, like, what is it even? I don't know. You know, whereas if I'm like, oh, let me make a drawing of, I don't know, a Cheetos bag or something, then I feel like it's, it has more meaning or something, you know? Yeah. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Kimmy. Well, speaking of like making new things, I just sent you a message about a new bucket, which I've seen you make buckets like that before with the like flower oh, pattern oh, pressed yeah. onto them. I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. But though, yeah, you made some of those. I, think I made at one clay, at Brooklyn Clay. You? Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I've had this drawn out process. So, I like, you know, I had a job that gave me like kiln access and then losing my job with, um, you know, like the city shutting down, I suddenly didn't have kiln access and I was like fine for a while, but then it was like, you know, so this studio, like I signed, um, the lease, like I got the keys like March 1st and I'd ordered the kiln like in February 1st or something, you know, cause I knew I had the space already and I didn't get it. The kiln wasn't delivered till like late June and didn't get firing until early August, you know? So anyway, but I was like, when I was teaching at Brooklyn clay, I was like, well, let me make a few ideas of things I'm thinking about. So I made like one bucket that you guys kindly fired yeah. um, like that. And so it was like this, um, the millefleur pattern or whatever. My French is terrible, but yeah. <laughs> that was like one of those pieces where I was like, maybe I'll just tell something <laughs> bad. Happened to kill him just well, I'll make you one. Gus running down the street with a ceramic. <laughs> yeah. It's just bucket. like, like man, it's crazy, man. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Like I, oh, yeah, glad, the rest of the stuff is fine, yeah. but that piece is. I'm glad you know. like it. I don't know. It was, uh, you know, think, uh, like, it was, uh, you know. I guess it's just, you know, that's the thing about. Um, I do feel like living here in New York, like it's just like it's been like a second grad school, you know, like just I'm like oh, this is what it's like to just like you can just pop into the Met and like check out, you know. 16th century French tapestries and be like, what, you know, and then like three years later, you're like, Oh wait, let me just, let me take the flowers from that tapestry and put it on a bucket, you know? <laughs> and like, that's how my brain. Yeah. Works, so Matt, I know I've said this to you before and Cammy, I probably told you this story. So when I was in grad school, I was like, didn't know what I was really making, you know? And I was like kind of miserable and I was making like weird sculpture that I didn't like, but I had this like weird glaze technique where I was like making these really kind of like pancakes mm -hmm. glaze but I didn't know what to do with it other than make weird knockoff Ron Nagel pieces so I just like didn't do anything for like two years with it and then I was like scrolling through Instagram one day and it was some of your early <laughs> pancake 
drawings that you're making yeah. with your kids and it was i think it was a subway card i know i have a screenshot of oh it. yeah um but i like saw it and i was like i know what i'm doing now and i just cranked out all the work that like pretty much became my yeah. thesis show which is i think like the work that i'm making now is still like a continuation i think of that stuff where it was like just took one little like it took just yeah. seeing the pancake painting no that's to great like, to hear i'm honored yeah. but i think it's also like you know we all have that where like you've you, you know you just need to unlock that next step but you've done all the groundwork like you had the you had the this like material and technique and then you know you just had to be like and i think a lot of i think that's a lot of what art making is is like giving giving yourself permission and and it's like you know we look to the history before us and we're like oh oh they did that you know oh, okay like i can build on that you know and so um yeah but um yeah i mean i don't know maybe maybe that's why i make so much stuff because it's like you know I'll, I'm just I'm just trying to like figure out the next thing, you know, like learn a new, teach myself a new sort of move or something. You know? I think yeah. part of the part of the charm of your work is that um, it's not co- like it's not real complicated. You take the most simple things and make it look like you totally transcend that thing. I'm just thinking about like the stupid polka dot sponge. When I look at the gas, the gas can pieces and I see the glaze technique <laughs> and I'm like, God, it's so easy. It's so easy. He just thought of like the best idea. Just and I was like, man, it's like, ah, oh, it's so good. But, you know, I have to say like at UCLA and I, I mean, maybe it was Jared, um, Adrian's idea, but I think it was um, uh, Jared Pankin, who was the tech of the time who did it. They had these um and i they had these glaze tiles and it had every combo of glaze in the shop um and you know if you have like i don't know what ucla had like maybe 15 or 20 high fire glazes and like 10 low fire glazes i don't know um but it was just like having that info i could be like oh you know if i put whatever oxide over that glaze and this happens and then you know so you need that information and then it was like yeah like i love polka dots and so just taking that like sponge on a stick thing and just sponging on the glaze um but you have to know that the technique will be good but yeah it's sort of um i don't know i mean i think i have a tendency to like do like i mean we've addressed it i have a tendency to make too much and maybe it's like um do too much to a piece and so I think if you know like I'm always trying to like remind myself to like um like do less you know or just step back and like um because I think when I started out like so I'd I'd studied journalism undergrad I'd also studied environmental science and then when I switched into art making I was trying to be like let me put you know this idea and that idea and you know stack all these ideas together and it was just, it didn't work, you know? And so then you just have to be like, well, what's, you know, you know, like doing like the milk crates um, or the buckets, you know, it was just like me looking around the studio and being like, oh yeah, like there's a milk crate, you know, holding a bunch of uh, kiln posts or whatever, you know, like that milk crate's awesome. Like, let me just make that milk crate. And then from there, you know, so just, not trying to be dumb but just trying to be straightforward and and leave it somewhat open-ended for the viewer do you have like rules of objects that you choose to make 
So like when you're cho- like when you're, you know, picking or like kind of like filtering ideas yeah. and things and is there's like certain things that you're like, no, that's like, you know. Definitely. I mean, I think that, I think that in general, I mean, I try to be, um, you know, sort of reflective of like, here I am, I'm, um, you know, an American citizen, like grew up in the Midwest, like what, you know, what are things that feel true and honest to, to my experience that I can address? Um, um, but I think often, you know, like once I started growing the objects, you know, I was, I was definitely like, I was going on, like for gas cans, I was buying like vintage gas cans because like once like, the current designs would get, I think like anything that was like designed in a computer was like too complicated for me to make a mold of or something, you know, but, um, but um, you know, like a lot of the things that interest me just end up being like 1970s industrial design or something, you know? Um, and I think that it was because like the designers were like making them, they might've been making them in clay first, you know, or like definitely like drawing them. They weren't computer aided design so much. So um, those objects just feel more alive to me, you know? Um, Like there's a story, uh, I did a few pieces. um, The the work I did wasn't so good, but I love the story. You know, the the guy who designed the pink flamingo, his name uh, was Don, is he might still be alive. I don't know, Don Featherstone. And it was his first, the first job he had was for this blow mold company in Massachusetts where they would, you know, blow the plastic in and inflate it inside the mold. And um, he'd never seen a flamingo in person. There are these pictures from like National Geographic that he used and he modeled it in, I assume probably like an oil-based clay or something, but he was like right out of undergrad in sculpture and he made, you know, six months later, he he made the pink flamingo, you know, so. I love that story because it's just like he sculpted it, you know. That's so insane. Yeah. There's a town in Cleveland called Parma. There's a town outside Cleveland called Parma, Ohio, which is like the big one of like the biggest suburbs, I think, in the country mm-hmm. or was. And its kind of mascot is the pink flamingo, and it became this like Cleveland icon. And so, like houses, every house had pink flamingos. Yeah. And it's, it's still like you know, Parma, Ohio, because of the pink flamingo. Yeah. I think that to circle back to your even earlier question, I mean, I think like, I love the pink flamingo because it's like a class, it's an, it's like an icon, you know? And so it was like, like when I went and made like a dustbuster, I, I went and bought like a broken, like the earliest model I could find, you know, I was trying to make like the first dustbuster, you know? And when I did um, the uh, Bose sound wave, like I wanted to do like, I found like a tape deck Bose sound wave even before like the CD Bose sound wave, you know, it was like, I wanted to find the, like the first one. Um, and I think when I pick objects, like I want there to be some sort of like humor too, or something, you know, it has to somehow feel there's gotta be something that. That's... Yeah. I think it, your work is really funny. And I think the humor like lies in the fact that it got picked at all sometimes. Yeah are so important to us and then to transcend that into another material is yeah that's like the to spend so much time with such a ridiculous yeah well i think though a lot of it you know i mean this is like you know i mean maybe it's like wikipedia art or something but it's like things like like i first made 
you know, it's like, if you go, I think it was probably the Wikipedia entry on flip-flops I read. I don't know. Um, but it's like, oh, flip-flops were like introduced to the U.S. from, you know, soldiers returning home from, uh, you know, post-World War II Japan. Um, and so, you know, I think it's like thinking about the history of ceramics and like the influence of Japanese ceramics on American, like especially American studio pottery. And, um, so I was like, oh, like, you know, the flip-flops will be also a good vehicle for me to sort of like address that so like the first pair of flip-flops i made i definitely put like a chino glaze on but it was like you know it was like a an american chino glaze you know not like a traditional one and then so that you know those those kind of things like i don't think you know someone would look at it and be like oh he's thinking about pottery from this you know chino glaze on a pair of flip-flops but that's how the decision making works for me you know it's like um that I can maybe combine these things, you know? I think you have a lot of pieces that kind of do, that fall into that sort of idea. Maybe like you did make a bucket with an, an eagle on the side, which is one of my favorite pieces of yours. Gus, do you know that piece that I'm talking about? No. Oh man. I did two of them. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I had an opportunity to show at Hunter, you know, they have that like gallery that's kind of like just for like the, um, ceramics program um and uh it was 20 december of 2019 and it was just i you know i think that my work had been kind of obliquely you know sort of referencing these american icons but i decided to try to make it somewhat more um i don't know i guess i was thinking like political in the sense of the way like you know aspiring to be political like bob dylan is political or something you know where it's like maybe it's specific but it's also general you know so i made these i made like um so that was really also like you know giving myself the permission to like take the bucket and turn it into something where it's now Im i'm putting images on the bucket you know because before it was like i'm going to make a bucket and just put a glaze on it and it's going to be about a bucket now it becomes all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is like for me, like my version of like a ancient Greek or Roman, you know, crater or something where there's this imagery on it. So, um, so yeah, so I, I did two at Eagles and they, one um, had a Bob Dylan quote um, with God on our side. Um, and then the other one, um, it said uh, money and material things. I had to think of what it was, but it was that, that's a quote from uh, a singer from Eastern Iowa, Greg Brown, folk singer, who some people might know. Um, and, and the longer line was, he said, was these days the mighty eagle sings of money and material things. So he had this whole song kind of reflecting on U.S. culture from the maybe late 90s or something. Yeah, that piece, that piece is great. I think yeah. it perfectly, it perfectly marries like all the things like America, humor, um, yeah. the history of ceramics. And I think, I think your work is really successful when you hit those sort of like, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah those pieces. Like, yeah, those I, I love that. I love doing that show. Um, I mean, I, I hope to do more. It was kind of like, you know, the pandemic hit a few months later, and then it's sort of like, you know, been in limbo in a way. Um, but uh, 
I was really, I mean, I've always been looking at it, but it was really trying to specifically address like 19th century, like American stoneware in that show. Like the, you know, I mean, there's like George, not really, George Orr wasn't really much in that show, but like the Kirkpatrick brothers, if you know their work with like the snake jugs and things like that. So I was like, oh, let me take the two liter soda bottle and put snakes on it and make it about, I did three of them that were like directly, two were directly about Trump and one was just like snakes attacking an eagle. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was, it, it definitely felt like a bit of a break to be just more overt. And, um, but once again, it was like looking, looking at this 19th century stoneware and like the, the cobalt painting that they would do And Maybe it'd be like an American flag or maybe it'd be like a bird or something. Um, but some of like, especially the Kirkpatrick, Kirkpatrick brothers and their, um, their snake jugs, you know, were really political. Um, and it's kind of like political cartoons in a way, you know? And so I was like, Oh, I gotta look their stuff up. I don't even know it. Um, so there's one at the New York Historical Society. Um, I read about it in this book that I think a lot of people don't like um, about George Orr. Um, but there's uh, a whole essay about the Kirkpatrick brothers. So George Orr, you know, they were in um, Illinois. Uh, I believe it was in Anna, Illinois. It's called the Anna Pottery. And they made like a bunch of functional stuff. But then I think they got successful enough that these two brothers, they just sort of made like, they also had time to kind of make some of their um, um, political cartoony type things. And they, I, in this essay, I mean, I don't think it exists, but they have this whole um, ceramic like frontier scene that you know they would tour around and people would pay like a dime to like go in and see it you know like a ringling brothers type thing or something you know um yeah yeah. is interesting stuff you know um so but i think it's you know it's kind of like i think the quote of from george orr is he's like you know i don't need permission like bernard palissy gave me permission you know so it's like you know I mean, I think that's the thing that we have in ceramics. If you, you know, it's like, if you want, you know, it can be just a pile of mud, but if you want, there's this, you know, the longest history of any type of art material, you know? And so I always, am trying to engage that, you know, it's good. It's like, you know, maybe it doesn't make any sense to put like Joe Monware with George Orr, but it kind of worked for me. I don't know. So. <laughs> I do want to ask you about the giant success of your your, um, pandemic Instagram where you did the pancake batter. Oh my God. That like went (laughs) crazy. I think we have to talk about it. It's such a huge moment. What happened? So I started making pancakes. I think it was like shortly after I got on Instagram. I'm so like, what do I do with this thing? You know, it's like, I, you know, you know, it's like, how do I, how do I do more with it than just self-promote my art or whatever, you know? Um, and I'd heard there was a guy, um, I'd actually interviewed him once for the college newspaper, um, Travis Millard. He's an illustrator now living in LA. And I read this article that he was doing this like pancake morning thing uh, under the hashtag with like I don't know, one of the former editors of Vice or something. And so they would like kind of compete to do pancakes. And this was like, I read this article like 2013 or something. And I was like, okay. I was like, 
I can do what I do to things. I'll add color to it, you know? And so I started making these colorful pancakes and um, they were like fun for Instagram. And then I ended up doing like a, like a Merkleware sale and like pancake painting thing at like a friend's house, like things like that in LA. Um, and then I hadn't really done it for a while. I think I'd, I'd made the Metro card one when I'd moved here um, in 2015 and then maybe done it one more, but it's kind of like, it's a lot of, you know, it's like, a lot of work to clean up. It's a really long story. I'm sorry. Anyway, flash forward no. to the pandemic. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I got time. Let's do, um, let's do the pancakes again. And so I made the pancakes and I, um, but at the same time, like I'd mentioned from the, the opportunities from UCLA. So I had, um, through a friend who was, uh, uh, an adjunct there, I, I met, um, painter, um, Monique Van Genderen, and she had curated me into, some of the early ceramic shows I did. And she um, is friendly with um, um, the owners of Commune, which is a design agency in LA. And so what happened, so I'd met Commune, I think we, we'd made a proposal for something for like a planter project that fell through and, you know, but anyway, so I'd met and um, kind of knew each other a little bit. And so when I posted the um, pancake, whatever that time, um, commune, whoever, I, I don't know who's doing their Instagram, but they had followed me and they um, like reshared it. And commune has a lot more followers than I do. And then the T magazine saw it and they reached out and they're like, can we post it? And I was like, sure. And I think they ended up posting it like in their stories um, but then I started getting messages like Chloe Kardashian shared your pancake, but she had shared the T magazine story um, <laughs> and not, so my name wasn't on it, you know, but it just became, Aww. it just became like this pancake that was out there. But then it was like, um, yeah, it was just like, you know, was, I don't know, got like a bunch of new followers. Like some, one of them was uh, um, Kelly, the singer who now has like a, farm like near LA or something <laughs> like, awesome yeah so it was just it's just like that's the crazy thing you know these days is you're like one degree from everyone you know <laughs> and it was and it was like the pink you know so it's like these ephemeral things that like we just like eat you know <laughs> <laughs> were you guys were you actually eating the pancakes or were you just like doing them for fun yeah we usually eat them I mean it's um sometimes I use like too much food coloring. So it's almost like it tastes a little weird. And it's also, <laughs> so it's like I, the way that I make them is I put um, the batter in the, like a ketchup bottle. Um, it's like the same thing. It's just like slip trailing, you know, <laughs> um, totally. Um, to bring it back to ceramics, you know, yeah. but um, although a ketchup bottle is sort of a terrible slip trailer, but um <laughs> But yeah, so load it up in the, and add the colors and my kids will help mix the colors and stuff. But, you know, it's like the, paint, the process is pretty slow. You have to have really low heat. Otherwise, you'll just like burn it before you're done painting. Um, and um, so then after the first couple of pancakes, the batter gets kind of like flat and sort of like so the pan, pancakes are really thin. So they're not the best to like eat, but they look great, right. you know. So and, they, and my kids have fun. And I think, you know, we've done it where we've had like, other families over with kids and like, they're just like, Oh wow. Like I get to, you know, and I think that that's my mindset. Um, 
with everything with my kids, it's just like put the materials in front of them and let them, you know, I don't want to direct them too much, whatever they want to do, you know. That's so, that's pretty rad. Yeah, it was really like, it was a, just like a moment of levity and, pr- and like kind of a dark, dark time. <laughs> like these like pancakes, you're just like, what is happening with the pancakes? Yeah, after the tea magazine had shared it, some other people, um, like someone from like Kate Spade, like they're like, can we use it on our Instagram and we'll credit you? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Just, you know, just give me a credit. But then they didn't, you know, sort of like the world moved on, you know? (laughs) And then, but after, after that, you sort of started making these like 2d, 3d sort of drawing flat drawings, right? They were like really, they were made of dots. I think like, those drawings were so, those drawings were excellent. They sort of were like fold outs. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's just colored pencil. Um, I did some giveaways. I think it was just like, you know, quarantine pandemic. And so I think I was just like, I mean, by that point, like I, w- I was on unemployment for a bit because I'd lost my job. And um, I was just like, well, I was like, I'm, you know, because I had a job, I'm now okay for a while because I, um, and so I just did, I was like, what can I make that I could like, I like a friend, actually my friend Timo had done like a giveaway where he just asked, you know, for people to make a donation of something and he'd send them something as um, like sort of a thank you. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing. So I was like, well, let me make some things. And so I just was like, if you make a donation to some charity in your community or that you feel is making a difference, I'll send you this thing, you know? So people all like want to like send me screenshots. And I was like, Hey, I trust you. I'll just send you this fold out thing. Yeah, those, those are really fun. Yeah. I don't know. So it's just like, um, I mean, I should, I feel like I should do more. I don't, I like, I see people, um, you know, I think it's like people who are, maybe they're like selling a lot and then they, 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 they do really nice things where they do giveaways and things like that. And, um, I don't know. I did that one, I guess. <laughs> Do you want to talk about, Matt, the, your love of Marvel Comics? What's happening with your relationship with Stan Lee? Yeah, well. And yeah. So, by the way, um, in this apartment, we are pretty big Marvel comic fans. So just so, I, just I should, so you feel yeah, comfortable. I would say, like, I'm... I also, I don't... I could not care less Um, (laughs) so i was not like a i was not like a comic book kid um but like yeah i think like when i was thinking about this talk like i sent you that thing like i'd use it as like an artist statement where i'd just taken one of stan lee's um what he called the bullpen bulletin and this was in 2015 for a show in la and i had i had turned it into like merkel's memo and i just wherever they said marvel i just like substituted in merkel um, and it, it came out of like, so in grad school, I made this ruler, which is the length of my right arm. And I called it, um, what, you know, I was like, well, this is going to be called a Merkel. So the ruler was like one Merkel. And um, I remember, remember I had this one, it's, you know, this, like one professor um, who kind of sniffed, uh, you know, at, like an open studio. He's like, oh, well, like Duchamp made a ruler. And you're like, man, like what? There can only be one ruler in art? Like. <laughs> come on like if 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 we as artists thought that way we wouldn't make anything you know um 
but so the Merkel thing, then that started, then I like, cause before I called it Merkel where I called it like futility limited. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I was trying, I was, Man, that's some yeah, real that's, grad, that's real grad school. There. Not heavy-headed at all. Yeah, no, see, exactly. So it's like you learn. So I was like, okay, so the Merkel thing, I was just like, let me just let me just use my name. Why make it complicated, you know? So then I had the Merkelware, and then... Um, Didn't you have a magazine? Well, yeah, so, like, Oprah has a magazine, so I was like, I should do Merkel magazine. And so same thing, like, I did all the interviews. Like, yeah. none of the content was about me. It was me interviewing other people. Um, but the ads I made like fake ads for like fake Merkel products. So, um, but yeah, so I think like they have, like it does, I mean, I'm not there. I mean, I would have to be like a whole new website, I guess, which I don't obviously want to make, but there's like the Marvel universe. So I'm like, I want to have like the Merkel, the Merkel verse, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just have these bad ideas that keep me going. But so after it was like from doing the milk crates um and doing like the potato heads i did this show at volume gallery in, in chicago in 2014 where i made these big objects so they were all coil built on the wheel like big you know me for ceramics big but like medium-sized cultures you know um and i tried to put like the milk crate patterning on them but they were also i was like oh they kind of look like the thing you know from um from marvel comics so i started like collecting some of the older um comics that were specifically for the thing um and like that's where i discovered the bullpen bulletins i'm like let me like take this and use it and so i don't i don't have like a mass i'm not like a comic book fan i you know but um i mean like i like the marvel I love, I love the comic books when I can read them um, more for the imagery and stuff. I mean, the stories are all sort of the <laughs> same every time, you know, but, the drawings are so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think like that spirit, um, like the statement I sent you, you know, he's kind of like, we make the things that entertain us and we hope they entertain you. Um, and if we can also kind of get some like political commentary in there, um, well, that's just, you know, fine by me or however he put it. Um, and I think, I think that's my attitude with art making. I mean, first and foremost, I think I want to entertain people and entertaining may be like, Hey, like that's a nice glaze or this surface is interesting or the object is interesting. What do I think about that? But, um, but I think, you know, you look at Marvel and it's like, Oh, it's just kid stuff. And then now you have like, you know, the Black Panther and like the, the movie and like what that can do. Um, and maybe that's somewhat of the power that we have in, in art. Um, I mean, I, you know, I applaud people that make really political stuff and I wish that I was like, maybe could work more effectively in that manner. But I also think that sometimes those things could be better applied just to the political realm and make the changes there. Um, I don't know. I feel it's, I'm so conflicted on it because so much of art, like we really need to address like the current moment, you know, but maybe if you can also address, if, you know, have it be mean something in the future or something, you know, it's hard I mean, to know what to do. 
I think if you think of art as a mirror of culture, of like current culture, then yeah. I think that your work de definitely does that. Well, I think, yeah, no, I think it's hard. I mean, I think that, I, I guess it's like, I, for the kind of work that I make, you know, which is like object-based, um, I think that it's pretty easy, you know, it sort of just gets lumped into as like, oh, this is like collectible stuff and like gallery stuff or, you know, um, but I don't know, maybe I'll get a chance to do something else or, or think in different ways. Um, so what's gonna, what are you going to work on in the future? What's like, what's next for you? What's happening? Um, well, like kind of like setting up my own studio, um, you know, for a few years there, I was basically working full time running a studio and teaching. So I'm really trying to like, um, I'm, I'm teaching less um, and just trying to make the studio work. So I'm trying to come up with sort of, you know, like kind of products in a way, I guess, like um, just to be straightforward with it. And, and like, so I'm, I'm, I'm reengaging the Merkleware. I've started making that. I have, you know, but it's all like, I need to like, once again, I'm drowning. And it's like, I need to like photograph them and like put them up. And it's kind of, you know, it's like, I, I um, it's a lot to do yourself, but, um, so I like making some things like that. Um, I have a couple of like ideas for like new bodies of work that I want to make. I don't know. I mean, it's the thing, um, I was lucky for a while that I, I had a lot of exhibition opportunities and that really hones your focus and your decision-making, you know? So I think that in the absence of an exhibition opportunity, you really have to kind of be like, what am I, like, what am I working on? And, you know, so I think I was like, sort of just like meandering around for a while, but I'm really trying to think these days of like working in a series or in like a body of work. Um, but the problem is like, I'll start one body of work and I'll be like, oh, I have this other idea. And so I have like three bodies of work going you know, or something. <laughs> That's a mess, you know? <laughs> so oh, I do know exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Whereas if someone was like, hey, we've got this, you know, like this idea for a group show, like what are you ideas you have in relation to that? Or like, hey, I have this space for a show. And then, then, you, then, you know, it's like knowing the space and the audience helps you kind of be like, what am I making? You know, and if you have six months or longer to prepare for that, you can really do like, you know, do a show or something. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, well, I think we were talking before um, this morning, I went to the, this uh, Cezanne drawing show at MoMA. And one thing that was super fascinating to me was like, he would just make on paper and canvas, he would just make different paintings. They might be orientated different ways. And then his dealers would just cut them up and, <laughs> sell, and sell them as pieces. And so I was like, Oh, like, you know what I mean? So you're like, Oh, like this, like, was he making like shows? You know, I think we think about it. It's like, we're, we're too like professionalized these days. You know, we're all like, oh, well, you know, what's the show I'm working on? Or at least maybe that's the way I was thinking in the past, you know? So, so now I'm just really I'm trying to be like, keep the ideas, like, you know, <laughs> control them myself somehow, make a body of work, for example. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, good luck. That's, uh, <laughs> this has been so, so fun. 
we'll have to like catch up with each other again soon yeah um we'll yeah. have to like have a lunch or whatever that would be great I love learning more about your work it's like oh thank you're you one of, like i love it gus loves your work gus is like a giant fan he was like <laughs> begging <laughs> i'm blushing no it's fine it, Matt, it's fine. Matt, it's just fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks Thank for coming you. on, Matt. It's great to talk to you. Bye. And we're back. Oh. It was just as good as I thought it was going to be. It was good. It always is. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only like fucked up part about like this conversation with Matt is that like we had it and like we'll never, we won't see him for like a while. Who knows when we're ever going to see that guy again? I know. I don't know. I don't know. Me either. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. It'd be cool. Maybe we'll see him at school. That would be cool school is cool all right that's stupid um gus this was so fun let's do great. this let's do this again a couple let's keep times. doing a podcast huh yeah let's keep it going okay, okay. thanks everybody Bye, everybody thank you Before we, before I got on, I, I was thinking that we should reach out to Fleetwood Mac and see if we could get the Silver Springs live for our intro music. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you have. Let's try it. I mean, that's, shot, a, so much, that's a great so idea. <laughs> I, you, I like you just throw out ideas. You're an idea person. Let's. I'm kind of an idea guy. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, All right. Uh, hey Gus. Hi, my hand's in a bucket of plaster. Great, that's not even unusual. So listen, remember on our podcast... Wait, which one? The one we just did? What podcast? Uh, Matt Merkel Hess. Oh, the Ceramics podcast? Yeah, the, yes. Wait, do you have another podcast? Uh, no. Good, I'm glad you remembered. Don't worry about it. So we, we said Matt's name wrong. We said... Matthew. Matthew. Merkel has, and that's not it. It's Matthias. Yeah, I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm glad we got it Sorry, right. Sorry, Matthias. I know your name. I, I said didn't. it wrong. Oh, great. I started it. Okay, well, see, it's Gus's fault. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>